0: i'm megan and and i'm shereen and it's almost the end of 2022 how did this happen i don't know there's something happens as of like mid-september where suddenly it's mid-september and then it's the holiday season and i'm like whoa yeah oh yeah (laughs) um so i hope everybody's having a really good holiday season though you know yeah that's it happy (laughs) holidays everybody hopefully you're just at home full of eggnog and too much leftovers, mm. and you're just listening Stuffing. to us be annoying about stuff. <laughs> Grab <laughs> a drink. Yeah, <laughs> you should, so that you can't yell at us about choices later, because <laughs> today we're here to count down our top 10 reads of 2022, and the way that we're going to work this, I think just to not keep this episode from, you know, being like two and a half hours long, mm-hmm. is that we're e- we each have five picks that are sort of our top five each. We'll mishmash them together, go through everything so, you know, we can just talk about what we read this year in general, what we liked, even what we didn't like in some cases, and You know, everybody's doing a top ten list right now, so we're just jumping on the bandwagon and we're gonna see how this goes. So we
1: ran out of ideas for December. A hundred percent we did. Where you know what? It's we'll be honest. It's a busy time
0: of year and we needed to find something to do. Everybody else does top 10 lists, so why can't we? Okay. Yep. Um, Are we doing a
1: top ten or a top five? Well, we're doing a top five each. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Five plus five. I need to put down my mulled wine. Oh my goodness. And yes. learn how to count again.
0: <laughs> it's cold and we don't leave the house anymore and it's starting to show, yeah. apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Um, okay, you know what? We were just almost talking about this right before we started recording, but I think Shireen and I have both come to a consensus that for some reason 2022 was not a great reading year for either of us. I don't know what happened. We made choices that we weren't expecting to. I think I had, there were at least three or four books that I read this year, at least, that I had really elevated expectations for based on buzz. And I think I should not have listened to it.
1: Oh yeah, I'm blaming book talk for this. 100%. I bought a ton of books and read a ton of books based on like Our readers are going bananas over there. Yeah, you went
0: wild with that this year. You were like, okay, what does the internet think is a good idea right now? And you would think
1: that they wouldn't let you down. Oh, they let me down. Colleen Hoover. All of (laughs) y'all, with your Colleen Hoover, you need to just stop. I feel like this is like the fourth time we've talked about (laughs) Colleen Hoover on the podcast. Just annoys me. I've read three of her books this year because everybody keeps saying she's so good. (laughs) And I keep keep being like, maybe... You keep having like a moment where you're like, but the next one might be better. It's like an abusive relationship yeah, you're just, with Colleen Hoover. Yeah, you're just punishing
0: yourself I really now. Am. Every time a new one and see, she's on like a big roll right now. So yeah. next year there's gonna be more that come out and you're gonna fucking buy them and you're gonna, them, you're I'm gonna, gonna, gonna be them. to am. I am gonna read okay. them. And
1: I blame all of you, but I'm gonna be here this time next year with like fucking like a top ten list of to- Colleen Hoover books. Yeah, they're that all I read. gonna be
0: that and she's gonna be <laughs> ranking them like worst to slightly better. <laughs>
1: Like our hallmark movie, <laughs> yeah. That's what we should. That's what we should Colleen really Hoover do. Colleen Hoover is like the hallmark writer of the world. Ew! But are the books like that? No, no they, they not feel at all. darker than that in no, tone. They're a lot darker. I feel like I'm gonna have a riot coming after me for this little. Oh,
0: whatever. Movie. People are <laughs> entitled to their own opinion. If you like Colleen Hoover, you're more than entitled to. I'm not gonna come for you. I don't care, and I'm sure Shireen doesn't either. Not really. Like I just
1: I. I do it to myself. I don't know why I like, keep
0: doing this. What sort of like, you know, like if you really, really hate something or really enjoy something and someone is the opposite of you. I mean, I'd, I'm curious to know why. Yeah. Like I'd be interested in your opinion about it. Why do you love her if you love her books? Or Please if you hate something that I really enjoy, why do you like it so much? Like if you hate something, why don't you like it at yeah. all? Like that's fine. No problem. Toast. But, you know, I think everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And just because an author is popular doesn't mean that you will enjoy what they're writing art is subjective guys it is true it is oh boy okay are we ready to get started should we get started yes okay let's talk about our collectively top 10 books of 2022 okay do you want to do your number five first and then I'll do my number five and then we can okay bounce back and forth
1: my problem is that I have six on the list because would you want to do five in an honorable mention (laughs) all right I can do that okay (laughs) Yeah okay okay. Um, <laughs> What's your number five picture? All right, y'all. After that like whole outburst I just had, number five is Verity by Colleen Hoover <laughs> because it's been a very bad reading. Oh year. my god, Shireen is a dichotomy
0: <laughs> of just confusion and just interesting choices
1: that she makes. Bad choices. Yeah, so. It's like a blanket statement. Okay. In fairness, I have bought um the seven husbands of evelyn hugo and i haven't read it yet oh those um, are that's supposed to be good i've heard good things yes about that so one. i feel like that one would have been on my list but anyway. yeah so verity by colleen hoover why did i put it on here because i've read three colleen hoover books this year not um, one not two <laughs> but three uh, <laughs> uh uh um and so this included uh it ends with us which was which you love so much why why <laughs> and then i read it starts with us which was like slightly more like you know digestible oh god because there's the There's a descriptor you want to hear for a great book. It was digestible <laughs> in comparison to its predecessor. Like what? I found that the characters were better. But anyway, number five on my list is Verity. The reason why is because it was a mystery. Um I thought it was an interesting mystery. There was a lot of like twists. Sure. So it was kinda of like twist and then a twist and then a twist and then a twist. <laughs> And then I got to the point where I think we I was in like the seventh twist and I'm like, all right, we're we're down for like another like four before the end of the book, but no, it stopped there. Um, so it was good. Um, it was fine. Like, yeah, that's what I'll say. Um, if you're looking for a Colleen Hoover book based on the three I've read this year, maybe start with Verity and then don't read anything else. Is Verity one of her more like mystery thriller types it is. of stories? Yeah, okay. It's a mystery thriller, basically. It's about a character who gets hired um to write to do kind of like a ghost writing okay um this woman verity was a very famous writer and she had a series of books that she hadn't finished because she was in um a car accident Mm -hmm. uh where her two children died if i'm not mistaken and she had become um you know unable to to do anything she was not verbose she was completely paralyzed um Not in a coma. She was awake. Um, But But Like
0: catatonic? Like catatonic. Okay.
1: Well, she was like injured in the accident. And so this character gets hired to go and essentially pick up where Verity had left off for her books, um, which I thought was an interesting plot point. Um, And so, you know, she's like a newer writer. She gets hired for this and then she goes and the whole shtick is that she's living in the house verity and her husband and verity's husband and i think they have a little boy um yes they do have a little boy you see it's one of those that you're like i can't even remember what happened until you
0: okay that's so interesting to me because you're (laughs) describing it and it sounds like an interesting premise it is okay so that's why i'm saying
1: verity is the best one i've read (laughs) because it does get very interesting like from there it's like spooky thriller like mystery so it is good so that's why it's on my top five list sweet So my
0: number five, which, you know, again, not like a perfect book, but honestly, really fun. And it was like a pleasant surprise because I had picked it up on a whim when I was one of the many times that I was on Book Outlet and Mm. books were $7. And so I order like 25 of them at a time when I just like go a little crazy because I'm like, Sure, this cover slash slight description <laughs> seems like a good idea, even though I've never heard of something before. Yeah. I do that a lot on Book Outlet. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I discover a pleasant read, like this one, because my number five choice is Finley Donovan is Killing It, um, by written by Ellie Cosimano. It's the first in a series. It's sort of like a quirky mystery kind of thing, like kind of cozy mystery to oh, a yeah. certain extent, but kind of not basically it follows um, obviously Finley Donovan's character. She's a struggling writer. She has um, a couple of kids at home and she's recently divorced and her piece of shit husband has taken up with somebody else on the side. Um, She's not able to like make ends meet financially and she's got really severe writer's block so she hasn't been able to get her new novel rolling properly Mm. and her publishers after her on a regular basis, they meet um, for lunch one day and are having a conversation and of course I believe, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, the book that she's writing is like a murder mystery kind of thing Mm. so they're talking about like committing a crime, committing a murder kind of thing and how you would do that properly and a woman in the restaurant, overhears their conversation, and believes that Finley is a hired oh killer. Oh Okay, this sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. And so, afterward, is like, hey, I need you to murder my husband, and I'll give you $50,000 for it. And so, and she, through a series of unfortunate events, basically, and like, confusion, winds up becoming part of this whole convoluted plot to like, murder this woman's husband who she's never (laughs) met before and also try to keep up with everything with her kids try to get her book published and just like manage everything else while almost turning this into a business opportunity oh my god this
1: (laughs) sounds great can I borrow this (laughs) um so yeah so it's
0: actually just it was like such a surprise I didn't know anything about it before I started reading it I hadn't even heard anything Mm -hmm. about it but it's really fun Mm -hmm. And I read it within a few days, like start to finish, because it was just, it was just funny enough, but didn't like, you know, like it didn't make all of the really serious stuff going on too funny either. And you do have like, you know, your certain like cozy mystery tropes, there's like a handsome detective who shows up Mm -hmm. at some point, they kind of start maybe a thing a little bit, you know, you've got like, you know, like a woman with no real knowledge about this trying to... And also solve. It kind of becomes her solving a murder eventually. So there's, like, a lot of, like, layers to it and, like, a trusty sidekick slash nanny for her children.
1: (laughs) Um, That's required. Yeah.
0: But it's just... It was really fun. And I I think I wound up enjoying it even more because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. So I know that... It's the first book in the series. I have not read book two, which was published in 2022. And it looks like number three Mm -hmm. will be published at the beginning of um, 2023. So there there will be three books out. So there's a lot to look forward to that way. So I am looking forward to reading um, the second one definitely. And then if everything continues and I'm still enjoying it, definitely going to pick up the third one too. But yeah, that was Finley Donovan's Killing It. I just liked it. It was really fun.
1: It sounds fun. And side note, um, you mentioned cozy mystery a lot, and it never occurred to me that this is a legit subgenre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until I saw it the other day. I just thought you were like referring to the fact that you feel cozy. No, no, no. It this exists. Is- I didn't make up the
0: term, <laughs> <laughs> I did not make up that term at all. Oh, boy. So,
1: yeah, um, cozy mystery is a real thing. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> So um, number four on my list is um, The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Oh, the um, first one, right? The first one. So I've so this is the first in a trilogy of books. I have now read two and a half of these. <laughs> I'm halfway through the third one and I am struggling oh, to dear. read it. Okay. I really don't care anymore what happens to these characters because I feel like everything was given away in the second book. Um, but that being said, um, the first one was pretty good um it's about this girl who you know she's kind of on her own her mom um you know disappeared I mean she died but it's kind of like did she disappear did she die but um she did die um and she gets this letter one day saying that she's inherited like billions and billions of dollars and she has no idea why or how or what and so all of a sudden she's kind of like launched into this whole situation where she's living with this family so it's a little bit like ready player one kind of but backwards so she gets given this inheritance she has no idea why um the Hawthorne family so it was Tobias Hawthorne who left her This money. He was a billionaire. He has, um, shoot, is it three, four grandsons? He's got four grandsons. um, And his daughters are kind of, you know, like conniving. Um, The mother of these four grandsons is kind of like a sloppy lush. um, And like we don't really know who any of their fathers are. We just know that their mother is a hawthorn. And so so it was always assumed that um, the the second oldest one, Grayson, would be the one to inherit all the money and like manage the fortune and like manage the family. And then all of a sudden this girl gets thrown in the mix um, and they're all kind of thrown for a loop. But what's different about this story is that the whole Hawthorne house is riddled with riddles. Um, so uh, okay. there's like all these puzzles that have to be you know, figured out and everywhere they look, everything's a puzzle or like a little, like, you know, something for them to figure out. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a big escape room that they're, they're staying in. And so all of these clues need to be put together so that they can understand why she was chosen for this inheritance. Um, so there is a link obviously, um, but it's not, it, there's a lot of like, Oh, it's because she's this. And then like a few pages later, it's like, oh, it's like, um, so <laughs> like, so, you know, the first one's good. Second one's good. I would have probably ended it at the second one. Like, I don't really okay. know what more. Yeah, I guess there's a bit more story, but um, there was a lot given away in the second one. So it was good. Um, I put it down as my number four. But as I've said, in a normal year, I might not have. Even it, put it may on or here. may not
0: have been on yeah. there to begin with. Okay, interesting. Uh, my number four pick is Black Tide by Casey Jones, um, which was published this year and I managed to get a quick copy of an ARC. So I read it a little while before it was published. Um, this was a very, again, I kind of wasn't too, too sure again, cause it was like an ARC. So I read the vague description and was like, yes, please. I would definitely like to check out this book. <laughs> um, but it was probably one of my only, again, I don't know why I didn't read very much like more horror like like strict horror this year particularly Mm. but this is like a bit like horror with some sci-fi sort of apocalyptic kind of thrown in there Mm -hmm. together um it has a almost a vibe because of what exists within the world of the story it has almost like a vibe like a quiet place kind of but Mm. in a different way basically um as a reader, you're sort of, you're following things and you learn things at the same rate that the characters do in the story. You don't really know everything that's going on. Two people um, each staying at beach houses that are neighboring, basically, um, meet each other and start speaking one night. They're both a mess Mm. as a human being in totally different ways. Both of them are, you know, struggling with like drinking problems and have a lot of personal issues happening. Uh, they meet probably based on shared trauma, form a connection and have a one night stand. Mm. And when they wake up the next morning, they've, been moved, first of all, from the bedroom that they were in to the beach, which, like, they don't remember that happening. But it's also, they basically wake up to realize that there's some sort of apocalyptic event taking Mm -hmm. place and some sort of alienoid creatures have... Arrived and right. are murdering people in a really, really vicious and aggressive sort of way and they are almost invisible to the eye unless they want to be seen. Mm-hmm. So it's not the hearing thing the way that A Quiet Place okay. has. It's more of like a sight thing sight. specifically and so these people who otherwise don't know anything about one another and have no idea of how to function together are trapped together in this situation Mm. trying to not be murdered yeah basically and they have to work together to try and make it out interesting yeah but it was it's like properly tense yeah um there's enough gore in it that you're like okay yeah that's bothersome yeah (laughs) um and just like the story moves along at a like a clipped pace so you don't get bored it doesn't really lull at any particular point even when they're just stuck together like having dialogue in the middle of it or whatever um but i appreciated it and it was an interesting it was a fun read i liked it it. sounds
1: like nothing i would ever read no not at all it's gore yeah but um but yeah i'm sorry it's very funny because emily the squishmallow is like hanging out like threateningly behind you like looking like she's about to bite you (laughs) she's (laughs) she's like she's, like like the fattest bat with wings
0: you've ever seen she's got with little little, dinky dinky wings.
1: her eyes look like she's seen some shit and she's just kind of hanging over Megan's shoulder like
0: ah. oh man the number of things that happen with the squishmallows in this room that we record
1: <laughs> I like to think that they contribute to the sound um they they help to compress everything you know they help
0: in their own way <laughs>
1: Um, okay, my number three on my list, um, is Five Little Indians by Michelle Good. Uh, so this is a story, um, it's a fictional story, so it's not based on any real characters or people who the author knew. Mm -hmm. Um, I know this because she, I saw her give a talk and she said that it wasn't based on any one person who she did know, but... Their experiences were based on collective experiences of Mm -hmm. people who she did know. So um, Five Little Indians is the story of five different um, indigenous children who had been taken away from their families and sent away to residential schools. And so it follows each one of them. Each story is more heartbreaking than the last. Um, It's very difficult to read. And I think it really paints a picture of... Like the the depth of um, of trauma that the schools caused. Mm-hmm. So in Canada, we have uh, for those of you who are not here, um, we had uh, residential schools up until uh, the nineteen nineties. Yeah, uh, nineteen ninety four, I believe, was the mm-hmm. last. One that was closed, um, and the intent behind them was to basically, uh, what was it they said, beat the Indian out of the child? Oh, man. Um, so it was to, uh, to teach children to not be indigenous, um, and so you can imagine how well they were treated, and um, this book really covers five of them, their experiences, not only in the school, but when they leave the school um and so that's why I say it really shows like the extent of the trauma like one of the characters um he um he escapes the school um so he has a tendency of running away and he actually succeeds and the whole thing was that their parents were not able to return they weren't able to keep them home because it was the law that they had to give up their children so they were afraid that they would get you know it would have been worse for everybody if they you know if the child wasn't brought back to the school but mm-hmm. anyway one of one of the characters he manages to get away and he stays with his mom but you know what they're explaining in the story is that in indigenous culture their families their children are everything yeah. to them and when this boy gets taken away from his mother when he's very young uh that's when she starts drinking and she starts getting into drugs And so like in Canada, we look at this as a social situation, you know, like, you know, there are indigenous people who have had problems with alcohol and drugs and it's really what we've done to them. Yeah. And this is what this story illustrates is, you know, the extent of this trauma, you know, you took her son away from her, which was culturally her entire existence. And now all she's got to replace him is alcohol Mm -hmm. and tobacco and whatever the, the, government gives gives and I'm using very big air quotes here uh to to these these folks and so when he comes back um he's expecting her to be the way that she was you know he expects that he's the only one who's lived with trauma all these years in this school and this is a very short anecdote of the book this is like eight pages of the book um so that's why it's so hard to read Um, he comes back and he realizes that she's no longer fishing and drying the fish Mm -hmm. and doing all the things that she had been doing before he was taken. He thinks that he's the only one who's had trauma and he thinks his mom's been living there. Not like in a, you know, you don't know how I feel kind of way, like in a, he's comforted to know that his mom wasn't in that situation. Okay, and he goes back and he quickly realizes that she's now become an alcoholic she's now got into drugs and she's not the same anymore and she just can't connect with him anymore because she doesn't know how and so it's just an entire book of this and so it's very heavy it's very it's so well written it is so well written but it's so hard you know and so I, I really encourage everybody to read it because I think it's an educational experience. Yeah. It's important to understand the extent of what our country did to indigenous people mm-hmm. um, and why it's it will be a problem for many generations. Yeah. If not forever.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> it is hard because of course when he, when something's like excellently written and everything, you know, you we're basing this these are all personal preferences right we're basing this on like how much enjoyment we got from reading a particular book and mm-hmm. so I find that yeah stories like this are the most important
1: probably mm-hmm. on the entire list but they might not wind up at the top of it because they're hard they're hard to read and you know is it something I would I would read again it's hard yeah
0: <laughs> it's that very would be a difficult read. choice to make I'm sure yep. so yeah, but, yeah. understandable Um, so my number three pick is Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. Um, he always delivers like a good thriller, Mm -hmm. a good paced thriller. And I've, you know, read, I don't know, maybe four, three or four of them at this Mm -hmm. point. Uh, Lock Every Door is just the one that I happened to pick up this year. Mm -hmm. Or one of two, I think, that I happened to pick up this year. But this was definitely my preference between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Um... Lock Every Door just follows basically the story of a character named Jules who has – is down on her luck as far as like finances and her personal life are concerned and she's lost her job and she is offered the opportunity to uh, basically apartment sit Mm. at a very prestigious building in New York City, like, you know, one of these old big brick buildings Mm. that have been there just for, you know, Mm. over a hundred years kind Mm. of thing Um, when a – Very wealthy owner of one of the apartments is away for, I believe, three months, if Mm. I'm not mistaken. But when she, you know, when she gets there at first, everything kind of seems okay. But she does have a really specific set of instructions to follow. You can never spend a night away. Mm. You can never have visitors over. Mm. And, you know, just don't bother any of the other residents. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. There are some famous people living there. There's an author and a couple of other people. Mm. Um, But they're like, you know, and it's, it's it's strict, but it's kind of like, you know, she sort of understands the situation. And at first, everything seems to be fine. She's getting paid very handsomely to do this Mm. and really not have to maintain very much other than keeping the place clean and not Mm. bothering anyone until she starts to meet a few people who are also apartment sitting and starts realizing that there's sort of more going on in the building than what she thought Mm. there was, um... And she has to kind of unravel the mystery as somebody who she's met there who's also apartment sitting goes missing mm. and there's no reasonable explanation for it and it's obviously being pushed under the rug so she kind of starts looking into things on her own to figure out what's happened. I Yeah. I did, I enjoyed it. The ending was like surprising, which was nice. That's mm-hmm. always fun when that happens and I didn't, um, there were some twists and turns that like I didn't really expect in it and it didn't feel like a very standard you know, I was I was kind of under the assumption this would turn into like a haunting right. sort of book. It didn't. Oh nice. It goes in a different direction. So that was like a fun surprise mm. and everything. So it's a fun it was a like a like a good, like sort of breezy read to get through
1: and it was interesting the whole way through. See that's nice. Like when that happens. Yeah. I get it. Like a lot of books you need the time you need to like invest a bit of time at first oh for sure to grasp what's going on in the story but it's always a pleasant surprise when right away from the first page one of them is captivating exactly exactly that's it um number two on my list is um we were liars by e lockhart oh right um so i genuinely really enjoyed this story I think a lot of it was because I enjoyed the author's writing style Mm -hmm. um it's I would say it's like quite like advanced like quite literature writing um in some places very like poetic in a lot of places um but the story like it I really wasn't sure what was going on in the story for quite a while um it's about, you know, you've got your main character. Um, she is, I believe, 17, 16 or 17, uh, one summer. Um, she has had something happen a couple of years before. Um, her entire life, she had been going every summer and spending time with her cousins um, and a boy who she uh, basically fell in love with. You know, she's known her whole life and she loved him, uh, Gat. Um uh-huh and uh something's happened so she keeps kind of flip-flopping going back and forth um it has been two years since she's been back in the summer uh two years previously something big had happened something very traumatic but she can't seem to remember what it is um she just knows that it was bad and she couldn't go back for a couple of years Uh um and this was the first time she was going back um She's been writing to her cousins and Gat and she's, you know, she just keeps mentioning that she's writing to them. Um, and then when she goes, she sees them and she's so happy because she hasn't seen them in two years. She hasn't had much contact with them. This is how they set it up anyway. Um, and she keeps saying like, you know, they look so great. They they look exactly the way that they did two years ago and she's two years older. And, um, you know, it took me a long time Because she keeps having conversations with them and they keep responding. And, you know, the writer is so good in how she does this that you're very much not aware of what's happening until, well, I wasn't anyway, until uh, (laughs) all the way at the end. And I think it was because I was so, like, enamored with the writing Mm. style and the characters themselves, you know. Um, And a bit of a mystery, but there wasn't too much emphasis on the mystery part. It was really just, like, getting to know these people. So that is number two on my list. Genuinely enjoyed it. Great summer read.
0: Okay. So while we're getting through this fast, good for us. Um, So my number two pick, which doesn't happen very often with me because I don't Read a ton of them, generally speaking. Mm. My number two pick is uh, Nemona by Andy Stevenson, which is a graphic novel, which oh, is wow. not my usual that I gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, but this was hilarious and oh, I really loved it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know I believe that Andy Stevenson he previously had a webcomic, and this was basically like the culmination of all of that sort of a, the whole story being turned into a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, it's a full fantasy kind of thing it follows um the relationship between Nimona, who's the title character who is a very sort of very quirky and very i don't even know how to describe her properly. she's um a very quirky shapeshifter okay um and she gets herself into trouble all the time because she does <laughs> not think before she speaks mm-hmm. and she meets the the token bad guy of the realm lord Ballister Blackheart <laughs> and they decide to team up and wreak havoc on the kingdom because it's full it's like fully it's very self-aware and like Mm -hmm. meta and like making fun of the fact that those are the cliches. He's the bad guy so he has to do the Mm -hmm. bad guy thing. So they decide, she decides to become like his sidekick yeah, and he's like the supervillain and they start
1: This sounds great. you know, doing
0: all these things to like wreak havoc on the kingdom but of course, you know, they start to realize a lot more about each other as their relationship develops. He realizes that there's more to her powers and more to her than he thought there was. And I think she starts to realize that he might be softer hearted than she was expecting mm. him to be and sort of like maybe is bringing that out of him mm. um, because it's just a big chip on your shoulder eventually that makes mm. you do the things that you're doing when you're making yep. these sorts of choices. Um But it's so fun. The animation is, like, the style of drawing. I'm sorry, I'm not well-versed in, like, any kind of graphic novel anything, so I don't know what to call it, but the style of actual, like, drawing and stuff is really fun. Yeah. Like, it has a very... Very quirky kind of like look to it, yeah. um, and the story is like really like it's just really cute. Yeah, and I loved the relationship between the characters. I loved how it was like high fantasy, but high fantasy that's like knows it's high fantasy and it's poking fun at itself yeah. for being high fantasy. I love
1: um, that, and it was
0: great. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I kind of want to read it again. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very nice i might borrow that off you as well yeah so okay we're down to number one Ooh, drum roll yeah um my number one pick of 2022 <laughs> is uh the house in the cerulean sea by tj Oh Klune. yes um I had seen a lot of hype about this book and I think I was, you know, at least one Colleen Hoover novel in at this point where I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) Um, but this book was fantastic. Um, It's about this very funny character and it takes place in a world that's not too different from our own, but it is very different from our own. Mm -hmm. Um, And so basically our main character is this very um, nondescript, um, nothing, you know, fantastic about this guy. He works for a company. He does a desk job. Um, you find out pretty quickly that he, uh, is kind of like a social worker, but for magical children. Interesting. So, uh, he works for like this, this branch of government that is basically in charge of making sure that like magical children are well taken care of. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh you know very very nondescript nothing remarkable happens in this man's life um he's got a screensaver with um like a sandy beach on it but he lives in well what i assume is england because it's very dreary very wet um Mm -hmm. he has you know his little house where he's planted sunflowers but he's got this cranky old neighbor (laughs) and his whole life is like really boring and like even his cat hates him Uh, (laughs) And he just, he seems like a very nice man, but, like, his his whole life is just extremely boring. And so, uh, one day, he gets called into the offices of Extremely Upper Management, is what they're called. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what they're called. Oh, that's great. So, he gets called to go see Extremely Upper Management, and he's, like, all of a tizzy because, like, he is completely unremarkable. Why would they ever want to meet him? Um. And so, he goes, and he's been given a special assignment where he has to go and... um and give a report on an orphanage uh that's quite remote Mm -hmm. it's out of the way and it's an orphanage for magical children and so you know like any good employee he obviously takes on this assignment Mm -hmm. and he's told he has to he has to physically go to this location and it's quite far away and so he brings his cat with him because he knows that he can't leave her alone (laughs) and nobody's gonna actually take care of her because his neighbor's awful So he packs up gets on the train and it's the first time he's ever been on a train and as he goes further and further and further he approaches the sea and you know he's thinking about his screensaver he's thinking wow this is the first time ever that I've been away from anything ordinary so he starts getting quite excited but he's very well to do so he's like no i must make sure that i do my job right and so (laughs) he's been given a stack of files about all these children and he opens up the first one and the first child's name is lucifer oh god (laughs) and he's the devil and so you know he this man faints because he's just like oh my god i can't do this um so he's got like a I think it's six or eight children who are in this orphanage. Um, and uh, anyway, he does his duty, gets there. Um, a very peculiar woman picks him up, and you know he he realizes that she's a, a fairy, um, <laughs> but she's very cranky as well. Um, again, I can't remember exactly what type of fairy she. I think a dryad, maybe. Sure. Um, something like that. Okay. Um, You don't have to be happy to be a fairy. Well, this is it.
0: Whoever established that fucking rule,
1: okay? It's not all Tinkerbell rolls around
0: here and she's cranky for half that story.
1: (laughs) Yes, and so this fairy is very cranky and picks him up and she just assumes that he's one of these suits coming in and she has, you know, she's very protective Mm -hmm. of the children um, who live in this house and so, um, you know, they live with, uh, I think his name is Mr. Parnassus. Um, He's leading the orphanage, you know, he's in charge. Okay. And so, you know, our main character gets there and he starts meeting the children. and One of them is a garden gnome, um, <laughs> one of them, his name is Chauncey, and he's just a big ambiguous blob you don't know what he is. Oh boy, but um, Chauncey's main goal in life is that he wants to become a bellhop. Okay, <laughs> so he just wants to be a bellhop. So, sure. anyway, so the whole story is about these children and how um, this social worker has to learn to come out of his shell and that. Just because the world is built in a certain way and you've been told that a certain way is the way to be, mm-hmm. that's not the only way or the right way. And so it's, it's really a story of accepting yourself, of learning to love others despite what they look like or if they're the devil, <laughs> you know, there might be something good about them. Wow. Um, so it's just this fantastic, hilarious story. Um, And I really recommend that everybody reads it because it's just so sweet.
0: Aw, yay. We love a happy read (laughs) to like finish
1: things off a little bit for
0: the year. We do. Um, Okay, mine is not, (laughs) but that's okay. Uh, My number one pick for the year is The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh man, this book is wild. It's, like, obviously, like, I've got a good few, like, sort of horror thriller types of stories on my list, and that's what I gravitate towards, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but no matter what you do in every genre, you know, there is a certain amount of predictability, kind Mm -hmm. of, as far as, you know, certain types of stories are concerned, and the way that you're, maybe not even about, like, the outcome, but more the way that you are expecting them to play out, Mm -hmm. basically. Um... So, I don't I can't even talk too much about the book without giving the entire thing away, and I do think people should read it. So. yeah, <laughs> so I'm not going to. Uh, but we basically follow um a sort of two separate instances of people., uh, but this is a story that follows people who are in a tiny boarded up house at the end of a street called Needless Street mm-hmm. um it's you think it's going to be like a simple serial killer story it's not Mm -hmm. there's more going on to it there's a lot more to it than you think there will be and one of the most I guess fun and interesting parts about it because I can't even give it away there are several characters Mm -hmm. but there aren't at the same time and I don't even know how to describe it better than that um you know, you think that you know what's going on. There's a creepy person who lives alone at the end of a lonely street in this gross boarded up house and yes. you think that you know what kind of person he is, but you have no fucking idea mm. until you really get into it and until you, and you get so many split perspectives throughout this course of the story from the girl across the street who can see him and is like, what the hell is going on over there? Yeah. From the man himself who lives in the house from his daughter And, surprise, surprise, from his cat. Yeah. Who also narrates a portion of the story.
1: I love that part about this story is that the cat is narrated. The cat
0: is a partial narrator of the story as well. And like in a way that like when I was reading it, I believed it. I was like, Yeah, that's probably what a cat would think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: Megan's always had cats. Though. Um
0: but it's like a great sort of psychological profile. It was like it had a great pace. It was fascinating to read and the characters were really well written. Mm. Um and I just I loved it. We got a chance to like send sort of an interview over to Catcher an award and she was luckily like nice enough to get back to us. Yeah. Uh which is great. That actually that also exists on fullybook.ca if you guys feel like checking out that interview. Um, casual plug. Just casual plug. <laughs> Shameless. <laughs> plugging um but it was a wonderful book and it was just it stood out to me so so much Mm -hmm. um in general in my reading I'd say in the last few years it stood out to me but particularly this year with a sort of muddled in the middle despite these like fun you know five picks that I do have sort of weird year for reading for me this was like a really great Middle, like this was like a really great pick to find. Yeah, so. it's also
1: a very Megan book too. Oh yeah, it's right,
0: right, right up my alley. Right, right where I needed. Right up street. So yeah. uh yeah. So that's all of our picks. Shereen, do you have an honorable mention that you want to throw in there? All right, I got
1: two. You have actually, two. <laughs> I got one because it's a good one, and one because I have to have a word with book talk, and it is not a Colleen Hoover <laughs> book. Okay, one of them. uh so, love and other words, uh, just a really sweet story um, about a girl and a boy and the years that they are together. Well, not really together, they're in love for years and years, mm-hmm. but it's like they grow up together. Um, so, it's very sweet. I really expanded my vocabulary reading that book because <laughs> uh, they they ask each other what their favorite word is every day. Oh, got it. And okay, so it's a different word, and so they're always like challenging each other on wow. words. Anywho, so that one was really sweet. Okay, um, y'all, um, the love hypothesis. Can oh my we god, have a word about this, please. Are you all aware that this is Kylo Ren fan fiction? <laughs> I hope I have now educated you on this because. I thought this wasn't so bad you know it was like eh whatever like it's fine but then when I found out it was Kylo Ren <laughs> fan fiction it ruined the entire book for me and I'm like I can't believe I didn't see it it was so obvious the I dude's love- name is Adam and he's described exactly <laughs> like Adam Driver I love that it all made sense to you the moment that you read it. <laughs> And I'd finished reading the book at this point, oh, right. okay? And then I found out, and I'm like, I'm so mad that I spent money on this. Like, oh, actual man. dollars. Yeah, not like, oh, I got it for free, no, or someone gave no, it No, real me. money was spent on this book, and so <laughs> how did we let this happen? Oh, my
0: God. Um, yeah, you're never going to be over
1: that. <laughs> no, I will never get over this.
0: Uh, I have... I will also do two honorable mentions. Sure. Why not? We can always do a bunch, but you know, I feel like you got to narrow it down eventually. It's true. true. Um, so my first honorable mention is called chase darkness with me by Billy Jensen. Um, it's a true crime book. I usually have read a handful of them per year. Mm -hmm. This is definitely my favorite of what I did read this year. Um, Uh, Billy Jensen is an investigative journalist and he's got a good couple of podcasts out there. I listen to The Murder Squad. That's a good one. Mm. Um, And he has aided in several criminal investigations, most notably that of the Golden State Killer. Um, right. And he helped to finish Michelle McNamara's book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, prior to, right after her death because okay. he was investigating things with her at the time that she passed away. Okay. Um, so he was heavily involved in that. And subsequently, he's also been involved in other investigations. And it's just, it's fascinating to read about sort of his process and kind of like what he's come across mm. Um over time basically um so it's it was a really interesting it was a really interesting read I really really liked it Mm -hmm. and I would say that my second honorable mention is probably book number three in the Stalking Jack the Ripper series called Escaping from Houdini um, because I read books three and four this year, and I didn't enjoy four very much, which I was sad about, because it's the end of the series, and oh, you're no. like, Oh You're like,
1: I worked so hard to get to this I worked point. so long
0: to get here, but, um, Escaping from Houdini is a fun one, because you take the characters out of, like, a city, and you stick them on a ship to go mm-hmm. from England uh, to the States, mm-hmm. basically, and of course, while they're there, like, you know, Harry Houdini's, like, doing a show, but people wind up dead, and they've got to solve things Ooh. in closed quarters. as it were so those are always fun and like the main characters like Audrey Rose and Thomas are great like they're really fun so you just kind of it's a it's been a fun series overall even though I was disappointed with the last book it's a fun series to sort of make your way through Mm -hmm. and stuff and it's like a an interesting I'm surprised that no one's tried to like adapt it yet like put it on screen Mm -hmm. because you could just make like a Victorian it's a Victorian caper basically like different mysteries and they're always about something famous so I would say that's probably my my other one but yeah this was this
1: was a weird reading year I mean I don't know I think I ended up looking at so many book talk recommendations because I feel like since I finished my English degree I've only just recently started to have free time to read again and again like that's my bad you know like you make you make time for things that you consider a priority yeah um and so this year I was really back into reading like quite heavily and but it's like where do you look how do you determine what's good what isn't good Mm -hmm. you know um and so I ended up looking towards a lot of like recommendations on um TikTok and yeah some of them weren't bad um obviously obviously I like you know, the genre with, like, romance and love and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a fun escape. I think next year what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try and go back to, like, my preferential roots, which is, like, more fantasy, you know, okay, um, like, base yourself in your genre first, yeah, Yeah. like, I think this year it was, like, very much, like, okay, like, let's just have, like, easy reads, and, like, most of them that I did read this year were very easy reads, but, Um, there's just something lacking and I think Mm -hmm. that's just my preference because I do typically prefer more of like an epic fantasy, um, with like, you know, 10 books in the series, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I do agree with you. Not about the epic fantasy part because that's not as much my thing, (laughs) but about the fact that 2022 for some reason seems to have been an easy reading year. Like looking Mm. through sort of my list of everything that I've read this past year, I was like, wow, I did not go for like the long ones no. or the more difficult stories no. to swallow in most cases like it was not it was, was not a very hefty reading year that way so i think that Yeah I think probably maybe in 2023 that will be my goal will be to get back into a few more of those things like proper horror. I don't Mm -hmm. remember the last time I read like a Stephen King book or any of the newer ones that have come out Mm -hmm. either. I've picked up a few things and I just have not gotten around to them yet Mm -hmm. and it's disappointing (laughs) because it's really very up my alley. So I think I'm gonna probably probably focus on those a little bit more this year. And again I did also sort of succumb to the idea of looking at people's recommendations, yeah. And I need to stop doing that as yeah. much and just read some synopses and you know choose things on their own merit and yeah. not just because everybody else seems to like them.
1: Yeah, like I, I think I definitely learned that lesson this year. Yeah, <laughs> that like you know I never used to typically read everything that was mainstream, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for it. You know, like it's just it's not really my thing all the time sometimes yes like I think especially in the summer yeah Um, but you know winter winter is coming uh (laughs) it's already here in our neck of the woods so um so time to get back into some some good fantasy yeah
0: yeah agreed uh this was fun it was fun actually (laughs) so that's it from us as far as our top 10 reads of 2022 what did you guys read this year and what did you like did you read any of our picks and if you did or have you read them in general and if you did like did you like them did you hate them i don't know <laughs> am i uh, gonna have
1: a riot coming yeah after me i want to find out you can hoover just
0: keep <laughs> keep having your nog and eating all of your christmas cookies and just don't yell at us about anything that's all i have to say um, be kind yeah so you can talk about your own experience in 2022 and what kind of year you had over on instagram at fully booked ca you can also check out our facebook group at facebook.com groups slash book was way better and if you are still with us which i hope you are uh please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to the episode but until next week guys we got one more episode in 2022 keep on reading thanks everyone